0: All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader where we dive deep on all things leader-related. One of my favorite parts of this show is bringing on fantastic guests and today is certainly not an exception. We have a fantastic one uh, very excited uh, about the conversation we're about to, to have and uh, cover as much as we can in 45 minutes or so. Um, today's guest, the CEO of think to perform a terrific organization that focuses on innovative approaches to help people and organizations perform at the highest level. Uh, He has been executive vice president of the firm that I started in business with at American Express Financial Advisors back in the day, and that's how I met him and how he started to have an impact on me 25 years ago. Uh, He coaches and works with uh, incredibly successful business leaders, Fortune 50 business leaders, CEOs, uh, as well as organizations all over the world. He is also the author of several uh, very impactful books, including Moral Intelligence and the soon-to-be-released Leadership Intelligence. Let's welcome Doug Lenick. Doug, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, John. I appreciate the uh, invitation. Looking forward to chatting with uh, everybody.
0: See, I would have I done the, in The proper intro would have probably taken uh, 15 or 20 minutes because you've accomplished so much and done so many different things. That was my Absolutely. abbreviated version.
1: <laughs> that's right that's that's you know my mom would have loved all that so she's deceased but anything nice you can say about me well my, my- mom would have appreciated
0: lots of things to say. And in all honesty, I know you have, uh, you have led thousands and thousands of people, uh, throughout your career, either individually or as groups. I know at a, Ameriprise when I was, when you were there and I was there, you were leading over, I think 17,000 people at once. Um, and you're now with, uh, running think to perform and writing books uh, and impacting people in all kinds of different ways. Let me just start off just a question out of curiosity. What's, what's the favorite part of what you do? What, what part of it do you enjoy the most?
1: Well, you know, that's actually a really good question, John. I, uh, what I enjoy the most is, um, helping people achieve their potential. So I've always been, you know, my interest in the in my career, you know, the thing that has been most interesting to me has been the people part of the business. And so I, um, what I find most interesting about what I do now is uh, I focus on helping people develop their potential. And that's not the, that I didn't used to do that it's just that that's all I do now mm-hmm. you know and so yeah. and so it's sort of exciting so a lot of the things that I didn't like about being uh, a senior executive of a a, a global company uh and I, there was so much to like but I don't do the things I don't like anymore
0: mm-hmm. That's great. So that's- you've, you've earned that that right to spend your time the way you want to spend it. Do what you uh, enjoy the most. Well, let me ask you this: You've worked with people at all different ends of the spectrum. I mean, you have personally coached CEOs of multi-billion-dollar organizations, uh, athletes, organizational leaders, uh, individuals, and all the way to first people new in business and right out of school and. Family members. I mean, is there a similarity in all that, or is it just totally obviously? You know, since there's opposite ends of the spectrum, is it different types of uh, ways that you impact people, or is there are there common threads there?
1: Well, I think there is a common thread, John, in that um, what what we find to be true for people uh, that are in leadership positions that result in sustainable success is they on you know almost always in fact I can't think of a situation where this would not be true they actually focus on uh, the development of the people and the well-being of the people and and so the best leaders that I've experienced, uh, have been people that have recognized that the opportunity isn't uh, about me, it's about you. And so great leaders really are, you know, there was a term that was used years ago that I think is appropriate. that it's servant leadership. So leaders, the great leaders serve uh, the people they lead. And so it's not about I'm in charge and you're not. It's about how can I help you be who you want to be? And the great leaders that I know are really good at that.
0: So let me ask you, because I know that's a question I get a lot of times, especially from leaders who may be relatively new into a role or new into leadership itself. There's that almost internal conflict of, okay, I feel like I have to be this authoritative figure and command attention or respect. At the same point, I I feel I've heard this servant leadership and, 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 and want to get close to my people. What does it actually look like for somebody who does it really well and effectively? And how would you answer that kind of question that a new leader might have?
1: well when i when I think about authoritative leadership so I, I think about position power, which is what authoritative leadership really is i I think of that as like a battery uh, and batteries are interesting. the more you use them, the more you use them up and so when we use our authoritative leadership what frequently happens is we wear out our capacity to lead you know and it's been interesting now in in today's world um uh, that we're we are dealing with you know uh, the pandemic We're we're dealing with the economic crisis And what I find fascinating is that uh, worldwide the leaders that are having the greatest success in, in leading their governments and their countries or in leading their companies, increasingly the most successful people happen to be women. And and I and I think that there's a message for all of us, guys, especially as white guys. You're a white guy. I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, what can we learn from what's going on? And the data say that it's all about compassion. Mm-hmm. And it's all about empathy and and the reason women are having greater success globally, whether it's New Zealand or Germany or you know you pick your your place, but the mm-hmm. reason women are doing better than men mm-hmm. is women are more predisposed to being emotionally competent
0: hmm. is that right so what does that do though what is that so tell tell us more about compassion and empathy and how that actually translates to better leadership
1: Well what what that means is um, as we look at um, empathy is is not about agreement and so a lot of times, there, there was a uh, cover story, on uh, a publication within the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure exactly how you're going to post when this is, but we're, we're right now, we're uh, in May of 2020. So earlier this month, there was a uh, publication in New Zealand talking about the prime minister of New Zealand and she was referencing that um, her focus on compassion and empathy has often been thought about as a weakness and and i would suggest that it's not that empathy is not about agreeing with people it's about understanding people and i think that um a lot of leaders do less well at that than they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, and you know, and, and then I'm going to pick on us. I'm going to pick on white guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, white guys are. You know, we grew up being told you don't cry, you kick ass, you take names, you uh, you you gotta be tough. Uh, Turns out that works less well in engaging the minds and hearts of people mm. uh, than being empathetic and actually understanding them. And compassion is really about uh, actively caring about the well-being of people. Mm. And and if you look at our global leaders, uh, we're not doing a particularly good job of expressing um, compassion and we're not doing a particularly good job of being empathetic yeah and I I mean specifically you know your 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 white guy got leaders you know so yeah so if you look at you know the United States, you look at Russia, you look at you know there's there's many, many mm-hmm. countries where it's, it's just not happening mm-hmm. and and i think we have an opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to be more empathetic to be more compassionate mm-hmm. And and I think that's the winner.
0: And it seems like that's just and and you're right, because I think I was brought up in that that mindset that you have to uh, you can't show vulnerability as a leader. You know, the the tough guy image, the uh, fearless image of a leader was what earned respect and authority and followership and loyalty and the larger than life persona and, and all this. Um, is the reason that that doesn't work as well, is, is it because people can't identify with that type of person or is it that they, now na- they just feel like that type of person doesn't care about them?
1: Yes. The last thing you just said,
0: mm.
1: it's that they don't care about them. Mm. So loyalty is, you, you can't command loyalty. Mm hmm you either, you earn it or you don't. And, um, you know, in my own career, I've been fortunate uh, to have a lot of people who were responsive to my leadership style. But it wasn't about being blindly loyal to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: It, it, It was about you know, do we have something that we share mm-hmm. that's worthy of our best efforts? And mm-hmm. if the answer to that is yes, we we become loyal to the cause, not the person. So I never looked at it in my own career mm-hmm. as people being loyal to me. Mm-hmm. I I looked at it as we were collectively loyal to a cause.
0: Well, and I I will speak just from firsthand experience when I when I met you or learned of you back in whatever it was ninety four when I started in the business. Um, you were that guy that was just you know larger than life and and leading over you know tens of thousands of people at that time, leading the whole organization. And, but i also remember you being the unique thing about you is in light of that status and all your accomplishments you came across as a really super down to earth uh, approachable almost vulnerable person but you you had that great balance of you were so internally confident and self assured that you you let your guard down you didn't feel like you you felt like you were just very authentic So just, I remember that vividly about you. And yet you were leading this enormous organization and, you know, very few people had a lot of access to you, but you almost felt like you knew you even though, and you knew me, even though, you know, I was one of 17,000 people.
1: Well, you know, part of uh, the thing I've learned about uh, leadership is in order to um, manage big You have to lead small. I like Uh, that. And and what that means is you actually need to take the time to get to know as many people as you can. And, of course, I couldn't know everyone, but I knew a lot of people.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seems now, especially when when times are very stressful, and it's fair to say everybody's dealing with a lot of stress right now, and for those that not listening to this, uh, or maybe listening down the road, we're in the middle of COVID uh, pandemic here and quarantine season, um, you know, stresses are at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high. And that that changes people. I mean, leaders feel immense pressure. So it seems natural that 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 tendency of the leader is to do the exact opposite, to almost disconnect from people because they're so stressed and trying to focus on the business when in reality that's the opposite of what they should be doing. Is that right?
1: Yes, it absolutely is. You know, and so the whole idea is as a and and first of all, we, we you know, the word leader is an is a great word and the concept of leadership and how that contrasts with the concept of management. And, And so people often ask me, are they the same thing? And I personally believe the answer is no. So I think leadership is about influencing the behavior of others. So leadership is about people management is about things so i manage things i manage the budget Uh, i manage a particular process i you know so i manage stuff but i lead people Mm -hmm. and and the game is really the winners are the leaders the people who can engage the best efforts Like in my opinion, so this, you know, and this is a very self-serving comment, but I think I could go to any organization and I've been to several where I can play a leadership role without understanding everything about the company. Cause as the leader, the primary responsibility is to engage the best efforts of the people. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at my own career, I was never, you know, I always wanted to be, but I never was the best at anything. You know, and I was disappointed in myself. But what I discovered that I was pretty good at was getting uh, the best efforts out of people. So when I realized that if I could engage the human being and help them realize that I wanted them uh, to be successful and that i wanted their best efforts what what i found produced the results uh that my career suggests i contributed to it was really about engaging the best efforts of people and that's really all about leadership it's about influencing the behavior of the people And, and that's really what my... turns out to be that's the thing I was best at. I was never the best basketball player. I was never... You know, I always wanted to be the best at something. I was never... You know, I was a, I was a really good foosball player. You know, uh-huh. I... I was, was
0: too. I, We're going to have to play sometime.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. So I... You know, my partner... Who abandoned me? Uh, ended up winning the national championship, but wow! But I was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, "Old Black Water," by the way, was the song. If "Old Black Water" was playing, nobody could beat me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's you <they laughs> put so, you in the zone. So,
1: yeah, so but <laughs> foosball, table tennis—you mm-hmm. know, I won my college championship in table tennis.
0: Did you? And oh,
1: wow. I thought I was really good at that. And then I, I joined this uh, most successful table tennis club in the country. And I got my butt kicked every day. I mean, it was so embarrassing. Wow. I, uh, so I began to realize that I'm not going to be the best at any of this stuff. So I, I, I thought, what could I be really good at? And I, and I realized, and all of you, all of us, can get really good at helping other people be really good. Mm-hmm. And so my strength became not being the best of this or the best of that, but but rather being good at helping people decide to be great and then helping them understand how to do that. And that's what leadership is. and so I ended up having a pretty good career.
0: So your priority was helping people do the best that they can and reach their potential. The net effect of that was all the other stuff that most leaders are putting as top priority and that's the business results and the recognition and the you know the financial rewards or whatnot. But in reality, if you lead an organization large or small and you understand your people and help them do things, and get better and improve then that's ultimately everything else really takes care of itself for the most part that's
1: pretty much it yeah. you know and and that's where i'm at today yeah. i'll be 68 years old next month wow and i, I don't you. think i'm gonna get a lot different <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is it <laughs>
0: well you've got you have one heck of a life my friend well well deserved um you've worked your butt off and uh so let me just go back I've got so many different questions floating around in my head, and I'm trying to squeeze them all in here but um for that leader that may be listening because I know a lot of people that might not be their really their way of operating up to this point is really focus on getting to know their people and helping them. At a time like this, where there's a lot of leaders that are trying to really lead themselves effectively, and I, I do want to talk about that with you as well as how people lead themselves. But when a, a leader may him or herself be having some, you know, struggles right now with everything that's going on, uh, how do they? How what? Are, what does this look like to really change their focus and really work with their people and? show that they care? I mean, what what do they do?
1: Well, you you just said something, John, that's really important, which is show that they care. First of all, if you don't care, don't fake it. If you really don't care, don't pretend you care. Yeah. Because people will know you don't really care. Mm -hmm. If you really do care, then leadership might be for you. Mm-hmm. You can be a manager without being a leader. Mm-hmm. So managers are appointed by people who have the authority to appoint them. So you know, and I look at your yourself, you know, so as I got to know you in your career what I discovered about you is you were more of a leader than you were a manager. Mm. So you weren't about managing things or processes, you were about leading people. And, and people connected to you. And the reason you were having the great success you were having where were you what what part of the country were you in it
0: uh all over in uh in boston in hartford connecticut and jersey in dc
1: dc i was thinking yeah yeah because i used to come to your meetings yeah but people responded to your leadership they weren't thinking here's john marito he he's the best at you know, managing this process or managing this budget, that, that wasn't the attraction. What attracted people to you and what I observed in working with you is that people liked the fact that you were there to help them be successful. And your results uh, showed that. So people responded to that and and so that's what leadership is about. Mm-hmm. Leadership is about inspiring people to be who they could be. Mm-hmm. I, it's about bringing out their potential. Mm-hmm. Management is about all these things and and that's all okay and good. Mm-hmm. but the premium is always on leadership.
0: yeah, it's always well,
1: on leadership.
0: I remember the uh, the thing that got me the first uh, hook that got me into leadership was I realized I started to get more of a kick out of helping other people and having them become successful, and I think uh, a lot of le- then then my, even my own than than running my own business, and I think a lot of the best leaders that I know that was their motivation. They got into it not because of a title or recognition or moving up uh, in in authority or scope or power or money or anything like that. It was about really feeling like they could have an impact in people and influence them to do things they wouldn't have been able to do without them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and truthfully that's, you know, what I've attempted, you know, I don't know with how much success, but that's what I've attempted to do with my career. Yeah. You know, and so when I, when I was leaving Uh, you know, American Express and people thought, you know, I should be a candidate to be the CEO. And I said, well, that's a very interesting thing. I just don't want to do that. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, and not that I would have been chosen. I don't think that I would have. And I think they made a great choice. So American Express uh, chose uh, Jim Cracciolo to be the CEO of what's now Ameriprise and they've done extremely well, Mm -hmm. you know, and God bless them. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me personally, uh, I I really wanted to focus my life on bringing out potential. Mm -hmm. So I think about, you know, living in alignment and on purpose. My own purpose is to help myself and others like yourself achieve our highest and greatest potential. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do every day. So I'm a happy little camper. I make less money than I used to, but don't cry for me. Don't pass the hat. Well, you could if you <laughs> wanted to send send money, John.
0: I think you. I think you're doing pretty well. <laughs> but that's great. That's your purpose. Every morning, that's what you wake up thinking that I'm That's gonna what I do. make myself so, and other people yeah. better.
1: So every day I I think I have a reason to get up. Yeah. I have a reason to be yeah. and if I can help you help your podcasters mm-hmm. uh, the millions of followers that you have, if we can help all them
0: I'm getting up there.
1: I'm good to go.
0: Well, and you know, honestly, that is, and I've, I've gone through a change as you know, myself, uh, in, and jumping into this 100% and that's for that reason too. You've got to wake up with a sense that what you're doing is making the impact that you want and you're in the right space figuratively to be able to do the things that you feel you can do and impact as many people as you can. And that's what drives everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. You've done, you know, it's amazing. That's a hard leap, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're young and you've got your, your kids are still, how old are your kids now?
0: So my daughter's 14. My son is 17. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So it's like when I was leaving American express, I remember, um, sitting on, um, our bed in my in my our master bedroom. We had a big bed, king bed or whatever they're called. It. And it, and my son was at away at college. My daughters were um, sitting on the bed with us, and and I said, you know, I'm going to leave American Express. I actually used the word retirement, which was the wrong word because I never really planned to retire, but. I used it and confused people. And I remember one of my daughters said, she looked at my wife and says, but mom, we're still going to want some things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I said, you know, we thought about that. I said, we're going to be good. You're going to still get some things. So, <laughs> my kids are, are now still getting things.
0: Yeah. They're doing they
1: great. Just things than they used to get.
0: Yeah. Well, you got you got a lot of they're <laughs> and, doing and terrific. And right. The
1: gifts come more in envelopes with a check as opposed to in boxes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so I want to uh, I want to hit on your book coming out. I know we're uh, we don't have that much time, but tell us about leadership intelligence. What what's what's that about, and what's the what, what do we expect to uh, get from that?
1: Well, you know, uh, I'm writing that book with uh, one of my colleagues, Chuck Walkendorfer. And this will be his first foray into uh, being an author. This this will be my seventh book. Uh, and, you know, and, and I'm, you know, happy to say and humbled to say, to say that, you know, the books that I've written... Sometimes by myself, uh, sometimes with uh, other authors uh, have been published have been published around the world. So I think we're in 13 languages now. Wow. And so I feel really good about that. But That's the funny. the concept of leadership intelligence and and this is my current thinking. So I'll break you know, this is a breakthrough thing here right on your podcast is uh, I don't know that this is the way it's going to end up, but here's my current thinking. My current thinking is the subtitle is from 9-11 to COVID-19 and all things in between. (laughs) And so... That's great. uh, Yeah, so... So when I think about leadership, we differentiate as we've been doing here, John. Uh, the notion of leadership and management, and, um, and and I and we're going to do that in the book. Um, but uh, you know, the people that I've interviewed and people that will be featured range from. So go back to nine eleven which uh, most of your uh, podcast participants will remember, mm-hmm. September 11th, 2001. Um, one, of, one of our interviews is Ken Chenault. Ken Chenault was the CEO of American Express at the time, and... Um, and Ken is just one of the most great, one of the most wonderful people and one of the great leaders that I've come to know over time. But he called me, you know, so when 9-11 happened, uh, he called me and wanted to spend some time with me on September 12th, which we did. And, and we talked about uh, the implications of all of this and, and the role that emotions would play uh, on, um, on the workforce of the company. So American Express, which sustained significant collateral damage, so it was one of the towers, it wasn't one of the Towers that went down, but it was right next door, and it sustained sustained collateral damage. And and there were, and I think this number is right. There were eleven American Express uh, employees who uh, who died in in the the towers crashing. Mm. And of course, those of us who remember this, we remember it was a Tuesday. The Thursday before that Tuesday, I was on the 60th floor of one of the towers doing uh, leadership development for American Express global leaders uh wow. and so and Unreal. I still had my card and I I remember thinking about the luck of the draw. Right. So I was there on a Thursday mm. the following Tuesday this happens
0: it makes you realize you're meant to be here and you've got a purpose well
1: it, it makes you realize it's just luck yeah one way or the other good luck bad luck mm-hmm. but you know i lived and many of the you know and i was not there but many of my colleagues uh, you know that i knew you know, talk to me about what was happening, and, and they watched the plane come in. Wow. And so you, you think, you know, nine eleven. Wow. That's just unbelievable. And then bring it to today. hmm So here we are. Yeah and And the deal is it's about the leader. Mm-hmm. It's always about the leader. Mm-hmm. So it was then, it is now, and it has been ever since in between. Mm-hmm. But I think we um, we've gotten confused. And so we we um, we we don't uh, we don't do as well as we could, mm-hmm. and at t- helping uh, people access best efforts.
0: Well, in 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 times like in in, in that nineteen twenty year span of time, I mean nine eleven to now, there's there's so many different extreme periods like that events where people need to bring, be brought together right i mean that's yes that's what a leader has to do and and you, you, when you're when yes. you're feeling in in a desperate situation in times like that where you're confused and anxious and scared the feeling of being isolated or alone is the exact opposite people need to feel a sense of connection and that's what a leader needs to do.
1: Well, and that's what leaders do. Mm. And so I think we need more of that now, not less. And so relative to leadership intelligence, the message we are trying to deliver, you know, and you know, my collaborative author, uh, Kathy Jordan, who has supported me and or my co-authors in multiple books. She, we, we had this big meeting last week, and and we were, you know, she was kind of freaked out about how to think about integrity because she said we're in a world where um, people get to make up their own integrity. I said, no, they don't. I said, the truth is the truth. The, the truth doesn't change. Mm-hmm. You know, so people can do their own, you know, can say whatever you want. You can say, we're, we're going to, you know, make up facts. We're going to, you know, have alternative facts. I love that phrase. I, I thought that was one of the great things that, one of the great terms that was introduced to the world by Uh, Mm -hmm. Kellyanne, uh, what's her name, Kellyanne
0: Conway? Yeah, Conway, yep.
1: You know, she said, we're going to talk about alternative facts, so we don't have to have real facts. We just have alternative facts. I thought, well, that's really cool. (laughs) You know, because you've heard me say over the years, John, that, you know, all of us went to various colleges. One of the colleges that all of us spent a little bit of time at was MSU, making stuff up. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and so this concept of making stuff up has become sort of a new thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the truth though. Right. So two it's, plus two is still four. Even if you tell me it's five. Right. So I don't care how often you tell me two plus two is five. Mm-hmm. I will always know.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: That two plus two is
0: four. And all now some people will trust. say,
1: okay, yeah. if, if John tells me it's five, it must be five. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. But it breaks down trust and loyalty. And, and then the whole, (coughs) the whole concept of leadership is non-existent Yeah. at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I know we're at the end of our time here. So (coughs) what would be, uh, bless you. What would be uh, you've you got see, like I lot in my
1: sleeve too, just the way you're. I saw
0: to that's perfect, perfect form yes. too. Yeah, you got the yeah. elbow up yeah. and yeah, so you don't strain anything. Yeah. You perfect form. <laughs> yeah. So, Thank you. so what would you leave people with? I mean, now you've got people that obviously they're uh, you know mentally they or emotionally they may not be uh, the best version of themselves, and they're having a tough time right now in leading themselves what what might be you know words of wisdom coming from the guy who wrote the book on it?
1: <laughs> well thank you. Uh, I, I would say this John, that um, each of us needs to genuinely reflect on where we personally are at. And, and what biases that we bring to the table and try to determine, relative to the big picture and what we hope happens, what are the some of the things that we individually need to do behaviorally in order to really be who we would ideally like to be more often because my guess is a hundred percent of the people participating in this podcast at an ideal level are wonderful we're all wonderful i'm wonderful ideally i'm wonderful really not so much my wife uh will attest to that. So I fall short of my ideal self. So I think each of us needs to challenge ourselves to say, ideally, what kind of person do we want to be? What kind of contribution do we want to make? And, and and I actually, this is my own opinion. Everybody gets to have their own, uh, obviously. But but, but I think we need to be, we, we have to learn to collaborate, compromise, and, and get along with other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't just blast you because you don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. I, or I shouldn't. I can, obviously, and, and we're doing a lot of that now. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's the right thing. I think we've got to learn how to problem solve together, even though we might disagree on some
0: things. Right. And it comes back to your first point about empathy and compassion. That's
1: Yeah. Actually understand down. where somebody else. So empathy doesn't mean agreement. hmm It just means understanding. I can understand you without agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to understand me, we don't have to agree, but at least we can understand each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and years ago I, I got I had the great benefit of getting to know Stephen Covey before, you know, and he passed away a couple of years ago. But um, this whole notion of of understanding differences and and realizing that there are are places of centricity so covey and i were at the state of the world forum a number of years ago and and he had this talking stick that he used and we had you know representatives from a hundred nations and tribes from around the world that were in this meeting in San Francisco. And, um, and the whole idea was each person had a point of view and the idea was to try to listen to understand. And so if you think of Covey's Seven Habits, you know, think first to understand I don't think we do that really well now. I think we are currently um, so locked into trying to get our own point of view out there.
0: Yeah convince others of our own perspective. Not
1: interested in understanding others yeah and the points of view of others. And and so what I what I got out of my relationship with Covey and, and I knew him for twenty years is actually seeking to understand rather than to be understood mm. was much more powerful. And I'm hopeful that we can do that now. Mm.
0: Powerful words. Harder to do than to say, but it's, it's critical. Yeah, that's very, very valuable. Wow, my friend, this has been incredible. I appreciate this. I, I I, could ask question after question after question. So I'm hoping at some point you come back and visit again down the road when I, yeah, when I do a, have a million followers.
1: It looks like you're... You're in like a uh, a big studio. I'm just in my office. So
0: this is my makeshift studio. This is this is my uh, this is my back wall converted to a sound studio. <laughs> so
1: oh, well, my dining room converted work. to a sound studio. <laughs> Anything else I can do, John?
0: My pleasure. How can people get a hold of you if they uh, want to learn more about you or your company or your book?
1: Well, I'm Doug Lenick, and so uh, you can Google me. Mm-hmm. You know so. The wonderful thing about Doug Lennick is when you Google Doug Lennick, I'm the only person that comes up. So, uh, so you know, like if you Google Steve Nelson, there will be 800 million of you. Right. But if you Google Doug Lennick, there's just one. Wow. And so you can Google me. Uh, you can also go to um, our website, you know, Think to Perform. So the word think... Uh, the number two, the word perform. Dot com, you can find me there. Uh, but um, and then if you want, um, you know, and and I'm I'm never hesitant to do this, so I get lots of texts and emails. But I'll give you my cell phone number, so you can text me. Uh, you can call me. Um, And it's 612-747-0004.
0: Wow. That is a man putting himself out there. That's a... uh... That's a nice gesture. Well, I knew there was only one, and only uh, only one Doug Lenick, and now Google has confirmed it. So that's great to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, check it out. Check it out. You, you know, if you you check Doug Lenick, if there's anybody else, let me know. Oh, yeah, we'll if take care of it. If there's another Doug there Lenick that shows up, let me,
0: let me know Awesome. All right. Well, Doug, thank you for joining us. Uh, it has been eye opening, enlightening, insightful. And uh, thank you all for joining us today on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. Uh, If you enjoyed today, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, add some comments, share with your friends. Be sure not to miss this and future episodes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one. Thank
1: you.